0: You know, I appreciate our volunteers every Sunday, but uh, especially times like these, I really appreciate their dedication to getting here, and uh, they get here even earlier than our first service starts, uh, which is normally 8.30, but of course today we we canceled that one, so uh, I'm just appreciative of them. I wanted to express that. Do small things have great power? Depends on what you're talking about. I think you you see uh, that in a lot of different ways. For example, uh, this is flu season. Uh, You maybe don't know this. You maybe don't want to know this. But 100,000 virion can fit across your fingernail. But those little individual viruses, when they invade someone, can in 1919 cause 20 million to 40 million deaths in the great flu pandemic then. You think about that, uranium atoms are even 100,000 times smaller than the flu virion and you take an uranium atom and split it and then it splits into two others it can uh, together collectively uh, create enough energy to power a city or to cause great destruction in a bomb. Small things can indeed have great power. Now uh, many of us carry around a little computer in our pocket, right? Uh, for example, I, I was just sitting back checking some of my facts on the internet back there in the bullpen before I came out here. That is mind-blowing for some of us that have some experience. That is, some of us that are older. I remember when I was going to seminary uh, to save something, I had to get out this big floppy disc. Yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You get out this big floppy disc, and we were so excited when the 64 kilobyte disc came out. Now, you have a little computer in your pocket. Yes, small things can have great power, but it's not just in things we observe in the world. You look in the Bible, you see that. In Judges chapter 7, for example, there's this great narrative of when Gideon was going against the Midianites, the Amicalites, and he was told by God to to take his army and and put some of them on the sideline. In fact, he ended up putting most of them on the sideline. They went from 30,000 men to, he said, Gideon, you only need 300 men. And God led them to a great victory over these soldiers of their enemies who were far more in number. You think about David, who became King David. He was told by God to go challenge Goliath, the giant the Philistine warrior who, who put everybody in fear, who had great victory and intimidation over the Israelite army. But David, with God's power, just a young teenager, was able to slay uh, Goliath, the enemy of God. You think about uh, the birthplace of Jesus. We just got through with Christmas. You might think that God would take and make his son's birthplace a uh, A a city, a large city of of great power, for example, maybe having Jesus born in Rome, or at least Jerusalem, but no, it's that little backwater, Bethlehem. And you think about Jesus' miracle, when all of the people, the 5,000 needed to be fed, which was 5,000 men, it was probably a total group of 10,000, and God took— five loaves and two fish and created enough for all to be fed with leftovers. You think about that and you know that not necessarily do small things uh, have weakness. In small things there can be great power. We're talking about as we begin this year uh, having more and more of our folks uh, involved in small group ministry and I want to uh, follow up with last week's message i talked about uh, jesus as the small group leader a, a model for us and and how it, d- any of us can be leaders with the proper training if we have that desire if we allow the spirit to grow us and and to develop us into small group leaders but today i want to shift the focus a bit uh, to encourage you to think about being involved in a small group now i want to tell you and I'll talk much more about this next week. I want to tell you we've changed or modified our, our ministry a little bit, the small group ministry. Now, we're asking for commitments of 12 weeks at a time. Why? Because sometimes uh, we get uh, in church, we're bad about this. We get people to volunteer for something, and then uh, you're in there until you, you go out feet first. But That's, that's not what we're, we're, we're clearly saying that as we uh, engage and and develop this small group commitment from January 29th to April 30th. That's going to be our first trimester, if you will. We're asking you to commit to a small group for that period of time. Likewise, leaders, we're asking you to commit to that group for a period of time. Today, I want to answer this question. Last week, we answered the question, how did Jesus model effective group leadership? This week, the question is, what is so powerful about small groups? What is so powerful about small groups? Why should you add that commitment to your schedule? Why should that be important to you? That's what I want to convince you of today. I hope hope I'll persuade you that you need to make that investment to grow closer with other Christians. First, I I think the, the first part of the answer is it's power to grow spiritually. There's power to grow spiritually in small groups, in connecting with other believers. You, you think about the early church. We see that. Uh, today we're mainly looking at Acts 2, 42 to 47. Uh, these verses tell us of the dramatic increase of the early church. Uh, historians tell us within 25 years, the church grew from <clears throat> a group of about 20, uh, it grew to 50,000 people in attendance and, and growing in relationship with Christ and with each other as disciples. Uh, they had uh, this great power, and it came from their division into the smaller groups. They're, them being pockets of small groups. We talk sometime about uh, developing to be a church of small groups, and and I really think that's what the healthiest, the most evangelical, the most dynamic churches are. They're a church of small groups in acts two forty-two and 43 it says this they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles now uh, you know and we're we're thankful for the progress we're making out here with our new building but that is a, it's a process it takes time doesn't it it just takes time to get a building done now when jesus was crucified and then resurrected and and the, he appeared to the disciples and then told them i'm going to i'm going to come to you at pentecost and and you're going to be the, the the leaders of the church do you think they started building a big building right away to meet in no no the early church met in houses the early church met in small groups so when you see these words uh, they were gathering together and breaking the bread and these happened in homes. We are asking you to commit perhaps to a community group. A community group is most likely going to meet in a home, although you can meet in the church here if you want. But in these smaller groups, uh, we come together just like the early church did. There's power to grow spiritually. You might say, well, I can grow spiritually on my own. And that's true to some extent. You you can Read the Bible on your own. You, you can pray on your own, and I hope you do that individually. I hope you have devotional times where you spend time reading the Word, reflecting on the Word, praying to God. But I also think there is a great motivation. If I can express this clearly to you, there's great motivation in also coming together with others in smaller groups to discuss what you're reading, to discuss your reflections. Uh, to figure out and help each other uh, with this spiritual growth process. I ask you this. uh, When you perhaps were playing sports, and maybe some of you still are, but maybe you were playing this in your past, uh, you maybe thought at one time you were the best basketball player ever. Maybe you thought you were the best golfer ever. Until maybe you came up against a better basketball player or golfer. I think one thing I would share with you about this power to grow spiritually is as we come in and interact with other Christians, it helps us to see, I think, where we're strong in our spiritual walk. It helps us to see where, where there are some areas where we can learn and grow. We, we're weak. And coming together, it helps us to provide an accurate evaluation, I think. It helps us to, to figure out where we need to work out better hmm. work out you know I want you to think about small groups in a different way I want you to think about small groups maybe like a gym right you know I, I belong to a gym here in town and uh, it is always funny at, at the start of January it's also fun it's also aggravating at the start of January you go in and there is great competition for the machines but I know by February if it holds true to what has happened before, that there'll be less competition. But you go to the gym to do what? I, I go to the gym because there are machines there that it would be impractical for me to buy. And I go to the gym to, to work out. I go to the gym as well to uh, to to be inspired to work out more, right? And, and so I want you to think for a moment about spiritual groups, how they could they could inspire us to grow spiritually how we come together for spiritual training in these small groups like we would go to a gym or uh, to a, a weight room for uh, physical training first timothy says this if you point out these things to the brothers and sisters you'll be a good minister of christ jesus it, paul's talking to timothy his he he's a mentor for timothy he's trying to teach him because he knows his time on earth is short He's trying to teach him all that he knows about ministry uh, to Timothy. And and he goes on to say this, Nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tale. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Physical training has some value, it is good for us, I think, to steward this body that God's given us to take care of it, to work it out, to grow it. But he's saying even more important is for you to exercise your spiritual muscles. And I will say to you, there is something that you can't find just in your personal walk about gathering with other believers in a, a, a comfortable setting, in a, a more uh, close setting there's something that happens there as you interact and and talk about and pray together that is great physical or spiritual training it's great training in godliness I, I say to you there's power to grow spiritually in these small groups I'd encourage you if you haven't done so yet to try it the second uh, answer to that question what is so powerful about small groups I would say is this it's, there's power to grow relationally in these small groups there's power to grow relationally back to our passage in acts chapter two all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising god and enjoying the favor of all the people you see that collegiality you you see how they were there for each other there are certain human needs we have I think uh, that s- inspire us that move us to sociability that make us uh, because we are created to be social that that we need and we find in those relationships in small groups of Christians uh, I think we can fulfill these needs now let me talk about enumerate those needs the first is the need for accountability the need for accountability all of us need that. You know, again, I think that's one of the things that, that happens to us uh, by being involved in a gym or on a, a sports team as, as we have that going on, that somebody can hold us accountable. In fact, some swear by the, the, that if you want to diet, if you want to, to lose weight or if you want to get in shape, it's better to have a buddy, a partner. Now, most people don't buddy or partner with 100 people or 200 people. It happens best in smaller groups. Accountability is something all of us need. What happens if you get off track in your spiritual walk? What happens if, and the Bible's clear about this, as we face this battle every day between the spirit and the flesh, as we face temptation, what happens to us if we start to slip and give in to that temptation. If we are by ourselves, there's no check that there's nobody to pull us back. There's nobody to help us uh, to not do that thing that will cause devastation to ourselves and devastation to those around us. It's in this connection. It's in this accountability, and we find that in smaller groups. Galatians six one says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Now, uh, I got something that may be a shock to you. It was a shock to a lot of people. Uh, I joined Facebook a week ago. Yeah. I I figured it might be a thing nine years late. I, I probably should join this thing. And it's been, it's been better than I thought. In fact, you know, like I was able to send out stuff this morning about uh, as I walked here, the roads weren't icy and I mean, it's a great tool, I think. And I also think it, it fits some of these needs. It, it fits more of the needs I'm gonna talk about in a minute, of the need for encouragement and support. But I will say to you, Facebook has its limits as well. And one of them is this. I think it's hard to have accountability with somebody on Facebook. In fact, I think if you fulfill what Galatians 6 is talking about, if someone's caught in a sin, someone's given into temptation, that works far better one-on-one. It works far better when you already have a relationship, when the, there's already some intimacy, there's already a close fellowship. And that happens in those small group settings. It happens in those small group uh, talks, discussions that you get to share life and know each other closer accountability is something that happens best one-on-one and I think small group gives us that uh, and then we talk about the the encouragement spiritual training what we were just talking about that, that in the smaller group you're going to have that what people are going to help you and they'll hold you accountable to reading your Bible they'll hold you accountable to praying. they'll hold you accountable to where your spiritual walk is at that need for accountability is best fulfilled I believe In a Christian setting, in a small group, in a one-on-one or one-on-few setting. The second need I think all of us have in spiritual growth is the need for encouragement. The need for encouragement. Uh, Now, I do think Facebook's great about this. I mean, all those little buttons, like, and all that stuff, that's encouragement. That's saying, hey, keep going, right? And people's birthdays pop up, people's anniversaries, you, you can encourage Uh, But the church has always been about that. God always intended for us to come together and yes, to hold each other accountable, but also to encourage each other. The root of that word in in Greek, the word for encouragement, it it means to to come alongside. It means to to give somebody else a little bit of, of your courage, to push them forward, to keep them moving forward. That's what can happen when we get close to fellow Christians, fellow disciples, we help each other. Hebrews 10.25 says, uh, Do not give up meeting together as some are in their habit of doing. Now, he's talking about the worship service. But he's saying, you need each other. You, you need each other. Why? In, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouraging us, each other to stay strong. Encouraging each other to chase after the Lord. Encouraging each other to be as strong for the Lord together as you can be. The third need is the need for support. The need for support. Now, I could use many scriptures to talk about that. I want to look at uh, Galatians 6, 2. And it says this, Carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, Galatians 6 has uh maybe some confusing teaching if you look down to verse five it says each one should carry his own load it's maybe confusing until you understand the background of those greek words in galatians six five when it says you should carry your own load that's kind of like a backpack right it's something that that easily is carried by most people but this word in galatians six two this means a crushing load and boy that happens right sometimes Life brings us things that we don't expect, things that are far heavier than a backpack, a job loss, bankruptcy, a severe health diagnosis. And those times we need others to come alongside us. Those times we need those bonds of support, we need folks to help us through help carry our load and so that power the power to meet those needs the power to grow uh, relationally uh, the power to grow as a Christian along with other Christians those those best are those best are unleashed by the small groups those needs are best met by small group involvement Uh, the third answer to the question what's so powerful about small groups is there's power to grow numerically There's power to grow numerically. Now, I already told you uh, from 20 to 50,000 in 25 years. uh, The second part of verse 47 says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. As they grew in witness, as they grew in influence, then they grew numerically. I want to ask you this question. I want you to think about it maybe this week. Is it possible for a healthy, dynamic church to not grow numerically? Is it possible for a healthy, dynamic Christian to not have an increasing influence, an expanding influence? I believe as we get more and more of our folks involved in small groups, let me ask you this. How many of you think you could have a healthy marriage if you just met together from 10.30 to 12 every Sunday? Anybody going to take that one and say, yeah, maybe the man might, and then you'd be in trouble later. No. If we are involved and and connected with other believers we're we're helping hold each other accountable and and we're helping each other to to exercise our spiritual muscles we help each other by pushing each other forward and and supporting each other that influence is going to grow we have seen that here at Northside. we we've seen that our our influence is expanding i believe and we haven't even yet i think tapped the power of small groups in this church nearly in the capacity that we can I believe that's our next step I believe it's our next hurdle we need many more groups we need many more leaders we need people to lead we need people to participate we need to grow the healthy groups that are outlined and given to us modeled in Scripture if we do that that the future is indeed great here now uh, i gotta tell you about a place there's a place called slim chickens everybody read that right the slim chickens up in uh independence how many have eaten there some of you good stuff but zaxby's is coming to warrensburg i am telling you you don't need to leave warrensburg anymore zaxby's better than this place though this place is good not okay but here's the thing i want to show you this is a cup, I always, I'm a sucker for those places that give you a souvenir cup, plastic cup that you can use, right? And so I just read this. I, you know, I've had this cup for a while. It's been in our cabinet. I just read this yesterday and it was like, what? It says up at the top. You probably can't read that from where you're sitting. Slim chickens, life-changing chicken. Truth in advertising, not i like chicken but it's not life changing as we talked about in the prayer uh, the the pre-worship gathering the only life it changes is the chicken because he has no more it doesn't change your life and there are a lot of things that people in marketing advertising try to sell you by saying it will change your life but i will tell you this i'm absolutely a hundred percent convinced that being giving yourself to invest in smaller groups with other christians will change your life it also changed the life of the people around you fathers we talk about and think about these things today i know that we are busy i know we've got a lot going on i know sometimes that that dealing with other people is is messy and it can be draining but I also know these these powers that we've talked about today the power to grow spiritually, the power to grow relationally uh, these powers are absolutely vital. Father we I pray will let you lead us through your spirit if you want us to step up in, in small group leadership you'll tell us if you want us to try a community group for 12 weeks you'll convict us of that through your spirit and i pray even if you don't convict us of either of those two things that you will work on us you'll help us to to extend ourselves to not worry so much about getting hurt but to to follow these models we see in scripture that we might grow our spiritual muscles that we might grow in godliness which is of great value thank you father for for teaching us and growing us i thank you that it's a journey we're on i pray you lead us more and more in that journey in jesus name amen